Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Baseball coach Scott Berry going to join us here in just a bit to talk about these major proposed changes in college baseball and get the skipper's view on what he thinks we should or shouldn't do. Also, uh, catch up with Kelly Santer a little later in the hour. But it's Friday. We've uh, we're, we're late getting to our go-to doctor, the now official doctor of the Eagle Hour, whether he wants to be or not, Doctor <laughs> Doctor Mark Horn, South Central Regional Medical Center. I want to get right to our conversation and uh, thank you, sir, again uh, uh, for your time. Fascinating what you said to me before we went on the air when you said, uh, "Well, we're just no longer going to be able to convince people to stay home." Uh, you know, basically the horse is out of the barn, paraphrasing in that regard. People are just not going to stay cooped up any longer. We're having to change our message. And so what is that message uh, in light of the new reality, Dr. Horn? Well, the message is really, a very, it's always been to be careful and to be safe uh, and uh, to be personally responsible. That's always been the message. But in the beginning, we said, hey, we think we can flatten the curve by people staying home. And I'm not angry. I don't want it to come across as anger or frustration because uh, we under- I personally understand why people are so frustrated. I mean, my wife is frustrated that she hasn't uh, been out of town in three months. Uh, and uh, uh, what I want to encourage people to do, however, is to react not emotionally to what's been going on, but react with thought and careful thought and calculation and to be focused on what they're doing. And so what that means is to be successful in preventing the spread of this disease and keeping the curve flat and to getting rid of it, to getting past this problem, is going to be uh, to make smart decisions about what we do. So like I've been saying, if you don't have to go do things, then then delay it. For instance, uh, well, uh, if you don't have to go out and do things, don't. And when you do go out, be careful with uh, wearing a mask to protect others from you just in case you happen to have COVID-19. Provides you some protection against others, but mainly it protects others from you because we know that that's one of the primary means that is being transmitted right now is by people who don't know they have it, and they go out without a mask, and they cough, they sneeze, they do other things, and people get it from that. Doctor, uh, seems like Forest County and Jones County pretty hard hit. Uh, almost 900 cases between the two counties. If you throw in Lamar County and Lauderdale County, and you look on a map and you visualize driving from from Meridian to Hattiesburg, almost 1,800 cases and almost 100 deaths. It just seems like our area is being really hard hit. Is there a reason for that? We think that uh, I haven't dug deeply into those numbers lately, but I do know that many of those cases, the bulk of them, uh, seem to be coming from nursing home outbreaks, particularly in Lauderdale County. And I know that we've got significant outbreaks in Jones and Forest Counties in nursing homes as well, and across the state. It's one of the greatest problems that we have 
of these nursing home outbreaks. Um, I know for a fact, because I was involved in what we did here to keep it out of our nursing homes, we did a great job for a long time. We did everything humanly possible. But there are just too many ways for this to get into the nursing home. And once it's in, it's a challenge to get rid of it. Fortunately, we've been uh, fortunate here in Jones County to have cases, but overall it's been we've been doing well uh, in the nursing homes. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, it's a problem, and that seems to be where it's, it's hitting these most vulnerable populations the hardest. Mm-hmm. That's just horrible. All right, Luke Johnson, we've got Dr. Horn on the phone. Doc, I know um, you've been in consultation, uh, you know, with other medical professionals, certainly around the state, and you were telling us off air opportunity for people today to hear you and the state health officer, Dr. Dobbs, uh, talk more about this today. Sure. Every Friday at 4 p.m., the Mississippi State Medical Association has a Facebook Live with Dr. Dobbs, as long as he's able. And it's primarily aimed at uh, physicians, but that's what we're doing. He's giving us an update. And uh, if people wanted to, to listen, they could. Just go to Facebook Live and um, and watch what Dr. Dobbs has to say, and I'll be uh, there this, even, this afternoon uh, as uh, one of the hosts. You, uh, you've done such a great job keeping us informed and your, your leadership through this. And, and maybe this is, in some ways, maybe a, a slight unfair question, but... Dr. Horn, you're a human being and uh, a medical professional, very good medical professional. How is this, how do you how are you seeing this as a human being and not just as a doctor? Um, at multiple levels. So, as a physician, I see it as a very uh, as a challenge. There's the intellectual aspect of it uh, that you see the challenge and you you know you have to meet that challenge. You have to do everything in your power to help protect people and serve people in it. And that's primarily the mode that I'm in. But as a human being, yeah, we get frustrated. I don't like wearing a mask all the time. But you know what? I do because I know it's the right thing to do. I don't like having uh, going to having to think about getting my mask up every time I step outside my house and I go anywhere outside of my yard, I've got a mask with me, and I wear it if I'm around anybody other than the nuclear family that I live with. And I don't like thinking that way. I don't like not being able to go to church. Uh, But even though our church is going to be opening on June the 7th, and I've talked to my pastor, and I'm supportive of what he's doing, people have to remember to space out and do these other things. I don't like doing that. I don't like not being able to have uh, a choir. I love our choir. There are a lot of things I don't like. I've had to cancel trips. I don't like that. I enjoy, uh, I was going to, so a lot of things I don't like. So emotionally, I get it. I live in the same world that everybody else does. I face the same problems that everybody else does. But then I have to look at the people that we're serving and trying to help them make the best decisions. I see other things that they may not see. And uh, I was thinking about this as I read, uh, noticed that a lot of people are getting very frustrated. And if you look at social media, all kinds of theories about things. And um, I will take a second. I'll take a backseat to no one in loving our nation and my liberty, and in believing in smaller government. I am a conservative. Uh, this is not a liberal conservative problem. This is a health problem, and we need to think of it in health terms. Some people are making it political. I'm not. It's not about politics. This is about making good, smart decisions. So that's my biggest frustration going through this. 
Dr. Horn, uh, the NCAA yesterday uh, uh, issued a statement that said uh, uh, universities voluntarily can start bringing athletes back on campus uh, the 1st of June. We're waiting to find out what decisions are being made by Mississippi high schools. We anticipate that they may very well follow the lead of the NCAA. Uh, In light of the numbers here in Mississippi, too early to start doing that, does that concern you in any way? It does cause concern, particularly for larger gatherings and groups. Um, Locker rooms, you know, it's a concern. Um, uh, Anything that puts people in closer proximity, um, particularly if they're breathing hard or yelling or other things, that increases the spread of potential for spread of virus from people who don't know they have it. Am I concerned about it? Yes. Do I think it's... Uh, it's going to happen, so we need to keep a close eye on it. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things we just have to be on guard against. And even though I'm concerned about this in June, I'll tell you my biggest concerns. I, I'm looking even further ahead. I'm looking to the fall, and uh, we have great uh, not just me, but a lot of us in public, uh, a lot of my friends in public health. There are real concerns about the fall, so. Um, I think we're going to find out um, how things are going to go. That's the reason I encourage people to continue to make the best decisions. As things open, we're going to have opportunities. The presence of an opportunity doesn't mean you have to accept it. You don't have to go there if you feel it's not wise. So we're going to have these choices. We're going to have these opportunities. We're going to find out how it works. Uh, I hope and pray they're right. Um, I fear that it may be a little, uh, that it may create problems, but we're going to figure it out. All right, Doctor, we just want to thank you again as we uh, try to do every week. We're, we're so grateful for your time. 30 seconds left, your message this week to the listeners of this radio show. It's so important to make good decisions. Please, as you go out in public, uh, masks to protect others uh, from you and or you from others are not a conspiracy. Please just practice good hygiene measures. Do what you need to do, uh, but don't take these new opportunities as an unnecessary uh, opportunity to to take risks that don't need to be taken. It may prolong this long nightmare that we're in called COVID-19. So be safe out there. You're the best, Dr. Horn. We appreciate you, sir, and stay safe. Talk to you next week. You also. Take care. Dr. Mark Horn, everybody, South Central Regional Medical Center. That's sponsored, of course, the first segment by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Great time to go to Dickey's. Weekend barbecue doesn't get any better than that. You can go through the drive-thru. You can have it delivered to your house. Dickey's Barbecue Pit serving great food seven days a week. Great supporters I had of this some show. You did. You did. Night, you, you sent pictures sent to picture. me and Kelly. You're a cruel man, Luke Johnson. But uh, I'm going to no guess. No soft serve, though, yet. And that really Kelly would have been disappointed. Yeah, you're right. But but Luke has already partaken. I'm intending to do the same this weekend. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back, Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Our thanks to Dr. Mark Horn, South Central Regional Medical Center. 
for joining us and bringing us that really so important information that he does every week about uh, this nightmare we're all living through. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great place to buy some Southern Miss swag, put a smile on your face or somebody you love this weekend with a new Southern Miss t-shirt. Uh, you can get it uh, at the store now, back on Hardy Street, open and up for business, or you can order online, campusbookmart.net. Kelly Sander joins us later in the Eagle Hour, but first, uh, one of our obviously favorite people, baseball coach Scott Berry, back on the show. Coach, can we just pretend for just a couple of seconds we've just won the regular season championship and we're talking about the tournament? Well, we could pretend a little bit longer than that if you want to. Uh, I'd like to live that one out a little bit longer, honestly. But, no, it's a shame that we're not playing baseball. You and I talked uh, before we went on air. What beautiful weather we've had this spring uh, for, for baseball. But, uh, unfortunately, it didn't, didn't, didn't get to get into it too far. Maybe, maybe this would have been the best year weather-wise we've seen in 10 years. Every single weekend would have been perfect. Yes, you're you're exactly right. Uh, of course, you know the improvements we made with the synthetic grass would have never come into play except for the uh, I think uh, maybe the first conference weekend. Uh, but I can't really remember. There was one time where, or it may have been opening weekend, where there was a threat of rain and we didn't even think about a doubleheader. So. Uh, you know, we'll be ready for next year. There we go. All right, Coach, big news breaking yesterday. We reported on the show yesterday about this article that came out by D1.com. Of course, it's the organization that covers college baseball. Five coaches from Power 5 schools make these recommendations, uh, have this study, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, they, they suggested a lot of things, but but the crux of it is, is it's their suggestion – that uh, the baseball world consider moving the start of college baseball back from February uh, to March and then pushing the season back a month. They give a lot of reasons for it. They, they claim it would make financial stability uh, more realistic for some baseball programs, that uh, it would protect arms of pitchers not playing in cold weather, uh, a number of reasons uh, that they could eventually lead to an increase in scholarships, all of that projection, of course. But you, first of all, Coach, your thought about the prospect of moving college baseball back a full calendar month? Well, I'm for whatever uh, helps college baseball be successful and survive. You know, I'm not into cutting programs like we've seen the past week with uh, a couple programs, Bowling Green and Furman. Uh, dropping theirs. Uh, I'm sure there's more to come with that. But, you know, we're obviously challenged right now financially. Every institution is an athletic department, and we've got to find ways uh, to be innovative to to try to uh, survive uh, with college baseball because COVID-19 obviously hit at the peak of college baseball as far as, um, as, far as fan interest, um, facilities, everything was was moving in, in such a positive direction. Omaha invested millions and millions of dollars to a new stadium up there, which was home for the World Series. So uh, it hit at a bad time, and you know we certainly don't want to go backwards. And with that being said, then we're going to have to find a way that we can move move it forward. One of the people involved in this was Dr. James Andrews, the famous uh, you know surgeon that does so much athletic surgery and. It was his. It was his take that um, 
if you avoided playing baseball in the cold month of February, it would be better on pitching arms. And so we were talking about this yesterday on the show. As, as a coach, does that concern you when it's 40 degrees and you're playing a night game and you've just started the season and one of your best kids is on the mound? Is there some legitimacy to that? Oh, I think 100% there is, you know, and Dr. Andrews has been saying that for years. Uh, he's also been talking about the overuse of the arm at a young age for travel ball. And, you know, I think uh, so there's a lot of merit, obviously, in, in what he says. He's the best at, at his profession. And uh, that's why, you know, all the elite athletes obviously go to him for everything. So uh, certainly, you know, when it seems like every time we play UNO, it is so cold. Uh, right. And we're sitting out there, and you've got a guy late in the game, especially, uh, you know, it always seems to be a close game. you got to get your closer up, which is one of your better arms on the back end of the game. And, you know, now the temperature's dropped down into the 30s, and, you know, has he's been sitting down there freezing the whole night and, uh, and ask him to get up and get warm. You just say a prayer that nothing happens. So certainly that brings, uh, brings value into uh, in what they're proposing. Right, Luke? Coach, thanks for being on today. Um, just, I, I'm for it, generally speaking. Uh, I, I gave a pretty good rant yesterday about how if the Power Five wants to make it about money, I reject that altogether. But I certainly get it on medical grounds. I certainly get it for you guys. It wouldn't interfere with uh, you know the NCAA tournament. I, I get all that. On the, on the negative side, though, Coach, um, what would happen if we're basically playing baseball all summer? What happens regarding you know with the draft? What happens uh, with the Cape Cod League, some of the summer leagues? And I guess on top of that, you know, we would be housing athletes and feeding athletes for uh, another month and a half. Is that a legitimate concern or all that can be dealt with pretty easy no i think all of them are legitimate concerns the last one that you uh, that you hit on about feeding athletes through the summer you know when we uh, when we finish finals in may and we continue to play we're responsible for feeding those guys three meals a day till till we're done and and that adds up so now certainly on the back end if you push the season into the summer, you're going to have to take care of those guys. And it's not like all of a sudden, okay, just because we're going to play into June, possibly July, uh, we're not going to have you report until February. No, they're still they're still starting school when the semester starts. So, you know, there is there is financial uh, implications on the back end, no doubt. Uh, but I think you know. One good positive with that, is, and, there, and you can argue several, several things. We probably don't have enough time on this show to do that. But, you know, I think when you look at the front end, you're, you're in class more than you're on the road, which is very, very important. You know, I'll be honest with you, our team GPA this semester is as high as it's ever been. And guess what? We didn't play but 16 games. We weren't on the road. You know, there comes challenges academically when you're yeah. constantly on the road. And... You know, this situation, we were online, we weren't at school. You know, they obviously did their work without any interference of baseball. So that tells you something right there that in the month of February when we hit the road and and we're playing, that's taking time away from the class. So if we let them build that foundation in that spring semester a little bit longer and get ahead of the game and not so much of of the semester is 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 taken up with the academic side or the baseball side, I should say, that affects the academics, then we should see a little bit better uh, uh, production and success uh, from those guys as students. So, Coach. Yeah, that's a a great point you you bring up. 
Um, the, so the sample 2022 season in, in this article, it would be basically, Coach, you would get them. Interpret this for, for me right. January 15th through February 10th, it would be an eight-hour period for four weeks. Uh, I guess that's a practice schedule, February 11th to March 18th. You get them 20 hours, uh, five weeks. Explain those eight- and 20-hour periods. Well, the eight hours is basically it would be broken up more with individual work or what we call skill work, where we can actually have everybody out there, but we only get eight hours a week, and we have to divide that up between the weight room, any type of uh, individual work, or team skill work. So, you know, we might we might reserve on a Wednesday that we all go out as a team for an hour of those eight hours, where that when we move into the the, uh, the technical uh, playing season, which which is also in the fall, from when we start our team fall practice to when we end it, which is a 45-day period, we have 20 hours a week. And at that time, that's where it's a full team practice. And the same thing happens in the spring when we move out of that eight-hour skill work, individual work, however you want to break it up. We move now into the 20-hour week where we actually get them as a team and are able to, to work with them as a whole group without really – I mean, 20 hours is plenty, trust me. Uh, you know, uh, to me, less is more. I mean, I think the older I've gotten, you know, I think when I was younger, we I would love to stay out there for four hours, but now I, I feel like that that's not, that's not doing any good. That's developing complacency. You know, we start getting tired. We lose our focus. So – we, we tend to keep it a little bit shorter and get our work done and then out there. All right, Coach, I've uh, got about 30 seconds left. Uh, some talk, uh, obviously, we're going to have the tournament uh, uh, next week down on the Gulf Coast. Uh, we've, we've sort of gotten some indication that, that the league may be open to returning that next year again to Biloxi since it didn't happen this year. Your thoughts about that? You think that may happen? Well, I don't know. I think there's some proposals out there right now. From what I've been told, there's uh, there's three on-campus sites that have bid for this tournament next year, and there has been three independent sites or neutral sites that have bid on it as well. And, and that's all I know as far as that goes. Um, certainly, Biloxi's been home uh, to, to uh, the tournament for the past three years. The three years prior to that was Southern Miss. Uh, we had a lot of success at both of those places. I uh, wish we were there right now, uh, <laughs> right. getting getting ready to, to to hopefully play on a championship again this Sunday. So, but we're not. But but you know, love for it to stay in the state of Mississippi. But that's that's out for bid right now, from what I've been told. All right, coach. We thank you for your time. I wish we could talk to you every week about baseball, but uh, hopefully we'll get you back on the show again real soon. Well, I miss visiting with y'all on Monday. So uh, everybody stay safe and uh, just make the best of every day. There you go, Coach. Thanks a lot, Coach. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, head baseball coach, Southern Miss, Class A guy, great baseball coach, always welcomed here. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Last show of the work week. Appreciate you joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Serving inside that great 895 daily lunch includes a drink. Swing by and uh, go see our friends at 4th Street 
Bar and Grill. Greatly appreciate Scott Berry for joining us, and uh, Kelly John Sander joins us now on the phone. And Kelly, we were uh, discussing during the commercial break. Bob and I were um, after we got off the phone with Coach Barry. You know, it's it's a plus. Certainly, it's a plus for this schedule to be moved up to avoid uh, arm injuries because of the cold of February. But Bob and I were joking. As cold as it is on a Tuesday night against UNO in uh, in, in February, how hot would it be in Biloxi against? Rice on June the 25th at about 3 in the afternoon? It, it, it certainly would be pretty toasty, but if you give most fans their choice, they'll, they'll take that heat over that cold every day of the week and twice on Sundays. You know? And yeah. that's, that's more that's more baseball related. And again, if you're, always, if you're always looking for the safety of the players, warmer is better. So, um... It is. It, it sound, even though Coach Barry, I got to hear the interview, and, and even though Coach Barry didn't say, you know, he just said that he's up for whatever will move the game forward, it sounded like, to me, he kind of liked this proposal. I got that impression, too, yes. Yeah, because I should I did, do. too. I, I, I think it's been coming for a long time, and again, I don't think it can be understated. This would be, this would almost be a life preserver for some of these northern schools. And, and Coach Barry was talking about, too, about how, how teams just get hammered when they're on the road. You know, the kids are away from their, their classrooms. Um, you know, then, and these northern teams have to come down here every single year and sometimes play their first 10 to 14 games on the road. Um, yeah, there, and there's a lot of northern schools, you guys, whether we want to admit it or not. There's a lot of northern schools, and if they need help in pushing the schedule back a month, I'm all for it. I got to tell you what my wife said about those schools last night, Kelly. I told her about our conversation, and she looked at me just deadpan and said, "Okay, so they come down here and get their brains beat out in uh, in uh, March instead of February. What's the difference?" The difference is that that some of them, some of those schools, would actually get to have home games mm-hmm. in March, where they most certainly would not be able to do it in February, right. and it'd still be a little chilly in Bloomington, Indiana. You know, the third week in March, but it wouldn't be like it would be in February, where there'd be a really good chance that snow would still be on the ground. But that, they're not going to catch up to the to the level of play in the South anytime soon. No, no, not not the level of play, but financially, they you know, like say, and and academically, they they pay a steep price being on the road that long. Right. Um, and Coach Barry's point about with, with the Eagles not being on the road because of this virus, their grade point is as high as it's ever been. So that's that's important that some of these northern teams don't have to start their season for the first two or three weeks on the road. Yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, Kelly, and I forget the team, but there was a team that came down here, and I was checking their schedule out pretty thoroughly. And they were coming down here, and they were opening up with us, and then they were going to go play, I think it was four games against South Alabama. Then they were going to go play a midweek game against Tulane, and then they were going to LSU for the weekend. And I guess by the time that road trip was over – uh, they were pretty demoralized, wouldn't you think? I, I would think so. And, yeah. and again, all that time they are away from the classroom. Right. You know, it's tough to catch up. Right. You know, you're when, right. That, when you're out you're of the right. classroom that long. All right. High school news, Kelly Sander. Yes, the MHSAA meeting for some nine hours yesterday in executive session. Came out and made it very clear again. They are sticking with the June 1st return date for high school football teams to uh, get ready to get back on campus with provisions, of course, and the provisions are as long as uh, Santa's list, but uh, it's good news for high school football coaches who want to get their teams back in there to at least begin conditioning 
when you consider that most of these high school athletes have done nothing uh, for nine weeks. But uh, some of the provisions that the coaches I've talked to this morning based on that decision by the MHSAA is that all the players' cleats will be you know, left outside of the locker room. There will be very little things going on inside an enclosed building. A lot of the things that used to be done inside, even some weight training perchance, could take place outside. A lot of the conditioning, you know, running and things like that, obviously would take place outside. So they would focus on as much as they can, keeping the athletes outside where there's space to move around so they can implement social distancing and just getting the guys' um, cardiovascular systems ready to go. That buys them another two or three weeks maybe before they get into serious weight training. But any weight training before then would have to be done in shifts with no more than probably 10 to 20 guys in the, uh, in the weight room at the same time. Right. Now, now, Luke, this is voluntary wink-wink, right? Uh, yeah, italics, uh, five uh, asterisks beside it, wink, wink. Voluntary. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, for real, it is voluntary. But I mean, think about it, the situations where like Southern Miss football is in, okay? Um, you got to install a new offense because you didn't get to do it in the spring. You know, and, and Coach Kubik bringing it in. I'm excited about this new offense, but it's just – how are you, you know, how are you going to pull that off? And I think that's where some of the wink winks are, are, are what we're discussing on. But yeah, you know, been hearing, uh, seems like the coaches will, will be working next week. Uh, and it, you know, our guys will be back in, uh, the week after. So, I mean, that, that's great news that there's going to be athletes on the campus of Southern Miss. Now, here, here I go again, Mr. Wet Blanket. The governor is supposed to address this, supposedly. At least the coaches are anticipating that, that Governor Reeves is going to say something specifically about the schools next Monday at his daily coronavirus uh, briefing. If the governor hypothetically should come forward and say, look, we are not ready for the schools yet, then even though the MHSAA said it was okay, they, have to, they, they will go on what the governor says. Uh, Let so me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me let me be dry blanket here, okay? There will be tater tots served all around this uh, state if he puts the shutdown on three D1 universities from what the NCAA has said. I'm just telling you, that ain't going to happen. No, no, I was talking about the high schools, Luke. I was talking about the high schools. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah but I, I still don't, I still don't think they're going to do that though. If the MHSAA says that, look, okay, how how safe has the NC uh, has the MHSAA played their hand, Kelly, on this? I mean, what, what was it? What was the, it? Was like May the fifth, and we still had baseball championships possibly scheduled. You know, look, they're right. not going to make an announcement like that unless they got the go ahead from the from the higher ups, the governor. I don't, I wouldn't see them putting themselves out like that only to be shot down and vetoed. I wouldn't either. However. Um, unlike a lot of media sources in the world today, we want to tell you both sides, okay? And there is that side that, that the governor could, and I don't, I don't see him doing it either, but the governor could come, could come back on Monday, is what the coaches are telling me, and say, look, guys, just not quite ready yet. And if that is the case, and we all hope it isn't, then, uh, then they would have to, you know, put the, put those plans on hold for another period of time, whatever that period of time might be. Mm. Um, so, again, that could happen, but right now the MHSAA says they're going full speed ahead with a with a June 1st start with, with provisions, of course. Now, see, Kelly, you're showing your old school again. You talk about media sources that want to tell both sides of the story. Uh, that That's really old school. That's, that's not chic anymore, Kelly. <laughs> well, 
I'm, I'm sorry, Bob, but you can take the boy out of the journalism classroom, but you can't take the journalism classroom right. out of the boy. Can you guys hear me okay, by the way? I'm wearing my mask. Are you really? Where are you, Kelly? Well, I just I just came out of the liquor store, but even <laughs> e- even when we're not, even when we don't have a virus around, I wear the mask in the liquor store. Uh, well, you've always Baptist. you've always done that, haven't you? I am Baptist, after all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you want know, th- there was a time that if you went in a liquor store wearing a mask, you'd probably get shot. Times you know, have just changed, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They have. But again, uh, <laughs> hey. even if we. <laughs> Even if we, I, I was really fire. happy at Chick Fil A because the the guy had it. This is what was cool. He had the old school USM logo, like the 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 USM uh, with the black background, the gold letters, uh-huh. like the old school from the eighties. You know what I'm talking about? Right. He had yeah. that fabric. This is a young dude. Mad props to him at Chick Fil A uh, this week. Old school Southern Miss stuff. Really, a minute left in this segment. We got a bone to pick with you, Luke. Uh, Luke sends Kelly and I. A picture last night of uh, him at a Dickie's barbecue. What did you eat, Luke? So I walked in, you know, because it, it's been like two months since you could walk in, and uh, I was like, I just want to get something I've never got before. So I look up, and they have what's called the Mac Stack. Do y'all know what the Mac Stack is? No. It is a bed of macaroni and cheese with brisket on top of it. And a little cheese on top of the brisket. Mm, mm. It was amazing. <laughs> and that sounds like something that would march straight to your heart. Yeah, yeah. And and that that meal is endorsed, by the way, by the American Association of, of uh, Cardiologists. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. But he's Look, married no, to a nurse. We're, I'm friends with Justin. I'm, I'm married to a nurse, and I'm friends with Justin, and so Justin said it was calorie-free. He took the calories out of it for me oh. and put them all in your fuzzy taco salad, Kelly, so right. I'm, I'm safe. Which Kelly doesn't know, but that's that's what he's restricted to from now on at Fuzzies. They will only serve you the salad, Kelly. It's only 400 calories. That's that's the reason. We're looking out for your 20. welfare center. Yeah, for those 420. Where those matter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we can't forget those, those extra 20. All right. Uh, Kelly has put the liquor in the trunk. He's driving home. He will continue his conversation on the Eagle Hour. Is that right, Kelly, after the break? I, I'm here, Bob. I'm not going anywhere. All right. Kelly Santer, more of him right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you today by uh, Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98. And uh, online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Maybe you want a truck, Tundra and Tacoma, one of the best SUVs in the world, the 4Runner, and a great gas mileage uh, with the Camry and uh, the Corolla. So be sure to uh, check out Toyota of Hattiesburg, our good friends there, and they can hook you up with all your uh, automobile, SUV, and truck needs. ToyotaHattiesburg.com and on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly 
joining us uh, just to bring some attention to a few things on southernmiss.com. Uh, the three senior softball players, Lacey Summerlin, Bailey Springfield, and uh, Beth Taylor, have written open letters to uh, the Southern Miss uh, fans out there. So be sure to go on there. And it's been really difficult for, you know, not only just if you're a freshman, a sophomore, or a junior, but if you're a senior, everything's been leading up to this. And uh, those ladies have taken it in stride. Be sure to go check that out. Also, Stephen Anderson of football has been chosen to represent Southern Miss in a Conference USA eSports Challenge. Now, uh, I know back in the day, um, guys, when especially during two-a-days, our dorms would turn into an EA Sports just craziness. Like, NCAA football usually came out probably the first week of two-a-days. And so in lining Van Hall, you would hear guys start yelling at EA Sports and screaming about EA Sports because they gave their overall like a 71 rather than the 99 that they were expecting. So good luck to Steven Anderson as he represents Southern Miss uh, in the Conference USA eSports Challenge. All right. Um, All right Luke, Luke, Andy Reid came can out. I pipe, to, can, go ahead. can I pipe in here right quick? Um Go ahead. Social media, social media to that, uh, the eSports stuff is all kind of along the lines of social media. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but to show you how bored we are in this country, a survey was actually done um, by some marketing research firm about which conference USA teams get the most hits on their websites and social media outlets. Did you guys see this? No. Yeah, yeah. I did. You did, and and get well. Since Bob hasn't seen it, Luke, we'll put him to the test. Bob, what the Southern Miss finished second, by the way. Mm-hmm. The Eagle fans clicked on all the Southern Miss websites or social media sites second most frequently in Conference USA. Guess by the number of clicks is the most popular team in Conference USA. You'll never guess it. Not in a million years. Even if you had twenty-five guesses, you still wouldn't guess this one. Uh, Bob, what do you think? I, I'm going to have to thank Florida Atlantic. The answer is UTEP. UTEP. <laughs> UTEP. Yes. <laughs> UTEP has UTEP fans click on their websites more than any other Conference USA schools in the conference, and the team that is least liked on social media, least liked, Bob. What would you think? We mentioned Southern Miss is second behind uh, UTEP, I, I, and it's not it's it's not FAU. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with uh, Old Dominion. Rice, rice, the Rice Owls get wow. the fewest clicks. Now, in fairness, Rice is the smallest school in enrollment, you know, of all of them. So that might have something to do with that. But yeah, UTEP <laughs> is the most popular. Well, let's go back on- to the UTEP thing. What in the world are they talking about? It's not about winning anything, correct? <laughs> <laughs> it can't be. Well, and that's why Luke was saying you'd never guess it. What What do they want to know? They got five <laughs> people. They got five people on full time salary, and all they do is like UTEP things. It's gotta be. It's the gotta six be. UTEP things on social media. Look, it, it's like that lady up or that guy up in Pennsylvania that that just got uh, guilty of of stuffing ballot boxes for the Democrats. <laughs> Same but thing I mean, happened in El Paso. They're uh, paying some dude to like a thousand different things. There we go. Democrats are at work at El Paso. And we've got a coronavirus thing going on, and we're paying, somebody is paying some marketing firm to find out who clicks 
on websites and, and conference media. USA, right? Of all things, <laughs> yeah. and conference USA, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. That, I'm shocked that Middle Tennessee wasn't either the top or the bottom. I, correct, I, I, correct. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I thought that was really interesting, and I think they don't even right. have a baseball team, do they? UTEP? No, they don't. No, they no. Do not. So what are they talking about? <laughs> I don't know. That's why Luke said you'd never guess it. Bob. I don't know that one. That one stumps me, fellas. I don't know that one stumps me. And All not right. that anybody's going to lose any sleep over that, but I did think that was pretty interesting. Right. All right. We've got thirty seconds left. Kelly, share share some some witty insight and uh, and thoughts for our listeners to to enjoy over the holiday weekend. Dangerous. This is dangerous. Oh my gosh. You want me to come up with some some hell? You're putting me on the spot, Bob. You're running out of time, Kelly. I know. We're down uh, to 14 seconds. I want to take a lifeline. Luke Johnson. 10 seconds. (laughs) I don't think you've ever been without words. No, it's stunning. History right here on the Eagle Hour. Now, when I'm on the radio, I have to invoke my filter, you guys. So that that cuts my stuff in about a half. (laughs) You're you're on your best behavior when you're on the radio, which is a pretty scary thought, is it not, ladies and gentlemen? Everybody, in honor of social media, go on and like something UTEP. Let's make the gap just <laughs> yeah. a little bigger. There you go. That sounds good. Uh, we're going to have a best of show. We use that term loosely on Monday. And until Tuesday of next week, uh, UTEP to the top. No, Southern Miss. <laughs> to the, <laughs> to top. the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.